Welcome to Modern Marketing Messages, the leading podcast discussing the latest and greatest in both online and offline marketing tactics, strategies, and trends. I'm your host, Taylor Karg, marketing content writer at AmericanEagle.com. Today, we're going to talk about all things digital acceleration, including what it means, what challenges pushing a digital-first agenda brings to a company, how to overcome those challenges, and so much more. To do that, I have here with me Brendan Cameron, Strategic Account Director from the B2B division at AmericanEagle.com, and Jason Stutes, a man with expansive industry experience as a VP of Marketing and e-commerce, Chief Digital Officer, and more. Brendan, Jason, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having us. Would both of you like to introduce yourself and explain a little bit about, you know, what you're doing in your current roles? Jason, I know there's a lot to talk about with you, so we'll dive more into your overall experience in a little bit. Brendan, you want to go first? Yeah, yeah. So my name is Brendan. I'm the director of strategy of B2B here at American Eagle. My day-to-day is helping our clients understand that it's not always about functionality. It's not always about building the product and then just automatically getting all those results and expectations you have. Being from the Midwest, I like saying, you know, you're not Kevin Costner. It's not feel the <laughs> dreams here. You know, once you build it, then there's a lot more work to be done afterwards. So really trying to help, you know, our customers understand where those needs are, what those goals are, and and how we could kind of recommend that roadmap to to help them grow and scale. Awesome. I'm glad you're here. I don't think you've been a guest on Modern Marketing Messages before. So this is An exciting time. It's a first time. Yeah. Awesome. And Jason, can you just explain a little bit about, you know, what you're doing currently and kind of um, where you're from, all that good stuff? Yeah. uh, Jason Stutes. I'm from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, I've been the VP of Marketing and Analytics for BarbecueGuys.com about for 18 years now. Uh, Started out as an affiliate manager and then uh, started to own and operate some of the web properties uh, and that goes to Promesio, to paid media, all the conversion tactics and, and whatnot. Uh, and as the industry evolved uh, over the years, uh, so did my responsibilities. So insert social media, SMS, uh, you know, all the new forms of, of new communication and, and methods of, of branding and discovery. So uh, for the past two and a half years, uh, I've been the chief digital officer at Barbecue Guys, uh, which really focuses uh, or allows me to focus on that cross-functional duties to, to align with the merchandising and the technology uh, arms of the business. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And as a Louisiana man, did you participate in Mardi Gras festivities this year? This year and every year. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> jealous. Sounds awesome. <laughs> hey, we leave on Friday morning and we return on uh, a Monday. And uh, yes, it was, it was a blast. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And I think before we get started, I'm just curious to know kind of how you two got connected, because I know Brendan had previous communications with you and suggested you as a guest to come on our show. So can one of you tell me a little bit about that story? Yeah, yeah. Um, Jason and I, you know, started doing business together between Hawk Search, a subsidiary of American Eagle and Barbecue Guys. Oh, wow. Uh, we've been in contact for a number of years now. Uh, we've gone through, you know, a number of different projects, but I think most importantly, just kind of stayed in contact with each other, you know, sharing stories, seeing, you know, where we could help each other and just answer a few questions. You know, there's always an ear open or or ready to talk. And, you know, with this podcast opening up, I thought it was a great opportunity to kind of take those conversations and and just 
bring them into the public setting because I think I end up learning a lot, but I think other people would be really interested to kind of hear some of these stories that we've told each other. Yeah, I'm going to leave the Mardi Gras stories out of it. Yeah, <laughs> that's where our um, yeah, off the hours podcast. To the too, um, you know, you, you meet a lot of people that, that get the industry, that, that, get to, that know how to, uh, the matrix of it. And uh, he was always a guy that I could talk to and uh, really understand, you know, the back end and, and what we're trying to do in the front end to make sure that all kind of connects. Uh, but yeah, once you once you start having those conversations, it's hard to to ignore that. Awesome. Love it. So jumping right in, Jason, I know you gave us a little snapshot of your experience and what you've been doing for the last few years, but can you give us a little bit more background on your career and how, you know, you became a chief digital officer and where your area of focus has been, you know, throughout that time? Yeah. Um, you know, like I talked about just a while ago, it started early uh, and doing little bitty segments of, of a digital business, e-commerce business. Uh, and over time, I started hiring teams to do such, just like SEO or, or paid media and became a marketing director. Um, and then we opened up some stores, storefronts uh, in Baton Rouge. Um, so I got a little omni-channel experience through that and then became marketing director to where I was running uh, the brand side and the performance side of things. But as a digital first company, obviously, a lot of our efforts became more focused on that performance marketing aspect, which really then kind of led to the data and analytics that supports the the, the performance side. And, and that was always something that I was highly interested in. I uh, graduated at LSU in ISDS, so I always had a, a knack for understanding systems and how they get built uh, and the data that, you know, is, is going to get uh, pipelined to them to make sure that the systems, you know, know exactly what's going on with the business. Um, so it's just always been a um, an, an interesting uh, industry and um, and career path, just because it's constantly changing, and that's just always kind of kept me to uh, to to be in this uh, in this field. Awesome, and that kind of leads me into my next question of, you know, what do you love most about the industry? You've been in this industry a long time. You've you know managed a lot of different people. You've took on so many different responsibilities. So what's something that you love about this industry and that keeps you here? It's always changing. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a constant change. Uh, you know, every three months, what, what I like to say is every three months, there's, there's going to be something new, right? And there's never a boring day. Uh, it demands, the industry demands that you stay on your toes and you engage with what's happening outside of the organization, you know, which is why I was, uh, I, was I accepted this podcast just because, you know, it's going to open my eyes up to a lot of things outside as well. I am no longer with Barbecue Guys uh, for about a month now, taking some time off and then uh, being in transition, but I'm going to stay on the brand side. It's podcasts like this that's like, hey, there is no time off, right? So you got to make sure that you're always uh, learning and growing. And and because of that, it keeps you engaged. Uh, And I love that. Um, You can never kind of sleep on what's going on in the the e-commerce world. Yeah, absolutely. So when we spoke you know, about what we wanted to talk about today. Brendan, myself, and you, we all, you kind of talked us through this concept of digital acceleration, which is what I want to talk about today. So with that being said, what is, you know, in your opinion, in your terms, digital acceleration? I feel like the term, you know, in our industry that's widely used is digital transformation. Is there a difference? You know, what does this all mean? In, in my opinion, there's, there's not much difference, but 
digital transformation is, is really an old concept that companies adopt using new tools and, and platforms to kind of renew their, their infrastructure, right? Uh, that problem, there's a problem with that in, in, in transformation. Uh, it's, it's often slow and tedious mm. uh, and sometimes just never complete. <laughs> uh, in today's world, businesses are, are quite opposite. You don't have time to wait for a digital transformation to be complete. So that's why I do like to use the word digital acceleration, just because it's an evolution of, of that transformation, that digital transformation. Uh, you can still update the core IT structure. But while, you know, while doing that, you're pushing for quick business transformation and that provides, you know, something that is going to provide instant value from the get-go and, and better yet, the most important thing is how can you provide, uh, how does it handle future scenarios? Um, just with COVID or, you know, everything happening in the last three years, you got to be prepared, prepared for the unknown. Uh, there's one thing that's going to happen is, is this industry and your business is going to change. So how do you adapt uh, Adapt to that is, is going to be key. It, and it's, you know, digital acceleration is, is not a technical, uh, it's not only a technical and, and operational uh, process, but most importantly, it's, the, it's a cultural process. And I feel like that's uh, the thing that matters the most in terms of acceleration is because you have to transform your organization on the fly. But first, you got to empower your workforce um, with the new skills to adapt. Yeah, I also took it into transformation sounds static. It sounds like when you flip a switch, you go from off to on. Yeah. That's not really possible. And in, in this day and age with everything coming out, I deal with customers all the time that are like, well, we have our PPC running. And we're like, okay, that's great. You know, Check. Yeah. And you're like, but are, are you running things like remarketing ads? And they're like, what's that? Mm. And it's like, well, it's that entirely different type of piece that you could use your AdWords budget and your Google account on that will have those sticky banners that show up everywhere you go on the internet. Like, oh, that would be really useful. It's like, yeah. I feel that the acceleration kind of promotes that more fluid process. Yeah. It, it's making sure people understand that, you know, the second you get your SEO done or the second you put in like an AdWords budget, you're done. Like you always need to stay on to it, you know. One of the biggest things that I'm seeing blow up is literally just using influencer marketing. You know, how great it is to get in contact with somebody, put a deal together and have them start promoting your product. I mean, social media it, it, with TikTok blowing up and, you know, Instagram, you know, having some of those branded segments, just being able to promote the product or even in niche markets, having tooling, the the machinist type of people talk about how great your tool bits are like anything like that is a new opportunity that you need to identify. But if you're stuck in the mindset with just that, as Jason kind of said, just the checklist, yeah, it, it doesn't really work out in that long term. Yeah, I totally agreed. I think using the term transformation to me instills that there's like an end point, you know, it's like, okay, we, we did this project. Now we're done. We're transformed, but it's kind of what you both said talking about acceleration, like there's always new things to be done. There's always things that we can be doing better, new items to be researched. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Just because you have influencer marketing, you know, it doesn't mean that it's a check and, you know, now you got to test the attribution and, you know, if there's incrementality there, you got to keep them engaged. 
how are you going to interact the, the creative content into your paid ads or your own properties? I mean, there's countless of ways that after you say, okay, we need to uh, engage with influencer marketing. How, how do you make the most out of it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Is it worth your money and time? All very important questions. Jason, when did you kind of, you know, either at Barbecue Guys or throughout your career, when did you start using the term digital acceleration? When did that shift from digital transformation to digital acceleration happen for you? Trick question, by the way. Because <laughs> uh, I, I normally don't, I normally don't say it. Right, it, it's a mindset, and and some, I mean, since early two thousands, it's it's always been the mindset is is the acceleration piece. But you know, search was the king back in the day um, from organic and and just you know the, the the idea of different domains. And then there's a lot of monolithic architecture out there that allows you to go deep, uh, but you're kind of you know stuck uh, in, in that in that time in, in that architecture. Well, recently or for the last, let's call it 10 years, the customer expectations have just been rising uh, really, really fast. Uh, I think faster than, than ever today. But, you know, customers want that unique experience. And what came after that is, is a bunch of headless uh, and microservices that, uh, you know, made a lot of sense for businesses like ourselves to adapt and to continue to adapt to make sure that we're meeting the expectations. So I would say that, when I when I saw how quick it is to you know engage with different platforms and you know from a headless standpoint and really kind of plug and play some of the the tech software out there, that's when it's it's like okay we got to go we got to go fast right because if not you're going to be you're going to be you know you're going to get passed up uh, and really you know not even uh, after the, the headless and and all that's coming to play but really now with OpenAI that's a whole new different way. Right. Yeah. And so with generative art and, and text that, yeah, sure. That might not be for everybody, but it's only a matter of time when it's incorporated into your, your daily workflow. And, and that's the part about digital acceleration. How can that workforce adapt something that is going to be handed to them or not handed to them, but their competitors are, how can you put that into, into your, your go-to-market strategy? Um, it's going to be very important. Um, said, so if you don't do it, somebody else will. And, um, you know, you, you kind of want to take advantage of what's given and, and, and allow the customer experience to be elevated. Yeah. Yeah. To, tool, tools in your arsenal versus, again, steps in a process, yeah. I feel. So, Jason, I feel like you kind of answered this a little bit already, but I want to see, you know, if there's anything else that sticks out for this question. But what made the term digital acceleration really stick with you? You said it's a mindset. So what, how and why has that mindset really stuck with you throughout your career? To me, accelerate means go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I see it almost like a, a Formula One race car driving. <laughs> you're going to have to go through, you know, a lot of turns. It's like I'm just not trying to go 200 miles an hour. I'm trying to stop, go fast, stop, go fast. And, and that's the mindset. And you, can, you cannot perfect a model that way. What you have to do is, is roll out, you know, an MVP model uh, mentality to make sure that you're testing the waters before going full in. And, and you just got to be extremely fluid. And if things change, uh, you can adapt and, and go fast and, and pivot when need be. One of the big things is I always deal with, and, and I think this may help a lot of people too, is you go in and you say like, okay, what are our goals? Our goals are to, to beat Amazon or our goals are to beat Granger or whoever it is. 
And it's like, okay, so that's a good goal. How are we going to do that? And they just go, well, we'll just do everything that that Amazon did. It's like, well, that worked for them. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for you. Yeah. So to, to, again, bring it back is it, you need to understand the tools that are available to you and then also be able to say when each tool is going to benefit you at any given point in time and when some tools may not. So it, it goes into just blindly following in, you know, a follower is never going to be a leader. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so getting ahead of the game by trying to copy somebody else is, is not one of those positions. It, and again, I feel in that digital transformation mindset, that is kind of that thing. You can just kind of say, okay, we're going to transform to this defined set of things. But with acceleration, it's let's see what is going to work for us. Continue to accelerate with those things. Maybe put a couple other things to the side. But that's it. You know, a, a fool using a tool is still a fool. Yeah. <laughs> um, hopefully the business and the, the leaders of our business is, is, is making sure that there's clear objectives, right, uh, about the business and what it means to succeed. And it's not just we got to grow revenue. Uh, to me, growing revenue is a form of a result, right? So what can you do beforehand that is going to drive customer expectations, which results into or customer's experience, sorry, that's going to result into to more revenue. And so hopefully with clearer objectives that uh, leaders are, are making sure that somebody's just not chasing the, the nice shiny object or the new tool and trying to incorporate it to, to be an Amazon, hopefully it's aligned with their business strategy. I think we kind of just touched upon something that answers my next question with a little bit of, you know, like defining those business objectives. But what challenges have you faced or you've seen, you know, other businesses or companies face when it comes to this digital acceleration and pushing a digital first agenda? Yeah. Um, you know, you can incorporate a new site search solution in, into your site and, and, and hopefully uh, that change is, is netting millions of dollars, let's call it, right? The opposite of that is a couple of changes to your site, uh, you know, or, or strategy could also affect your, your business. So I think there's a lot of fear in that, right? It's that change in your business is literally, let's call it, you know, a click away or a test away. <laughs> uh, and I think that just brings a lot of fear and people think they know what they want to do and they want to do it, but they just don't push, push it over the finish line. And so uh, there's a lot of change management that comes with that. And there's a lot of uh, process of, of planning and preparation to just make sure that, uh, you know, that when you go live, um, it's it's actually live. And, and I think people forget that in the digital world of how easy it is to make changes to your overall strategy um, and, and affect your, you know, affect the customer's experience and, and overall the trajectory of your of your business. What strategies have you employed to, you know, kind of push those people to the next step, like you just said, it all it takes is you know trying to convince other people to take that step. How have you been right. able to do that? Uh, like I said, lots of planning, uh, preparation. I think we might have talked about this earlier, but I think leaders need to instill a an outcome over output mentality. I don't know if you that's probably a, a separate you know podcast, but do you want to quickly explain that for anyone who doesn't <laughs> know? Maybe me. Well, outcomes over, <laughs> yeah, outcomes over outputs is you know you're trying to increase the customer experience, right? You're not just trying to put out a white paper or. You know, somebody can wash their hands after you know delivering several outputs, but if you're not ultimately changing the outcome of what you're trying to do, then don't stop. 
keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that kind of mentality of outcome uh, is trying to increase the customer experience, which again is going to lead to, to, to multiple things. Uh, it's a mentality that takes a lot of planning, uh, a lot of cross-functional communication, uh, just because there's so many different aspects of the business that has to change. And so many people within the organization come from you know, so many different walks of life, whether it's communicating to the customer or the technology that's going to be supported. Um, some people are more uh, engaged with the data or know what to do with the data. Uh, and then some people are, um, like we just talked about, don't know the matrix. They're so used to dealing with the platform. So just uh, everybody has to be in constant communication about what you're actually trying to do in terms of an outcome. And and that mentality too is huge because I think when we deal with a lot of people that are entering into this space, they're doing it just because they're told to. Mm. You know, I don't know how many times I've talked to somebody. It's like, well, what are you looking for? Or what do you need? And they're like, well, I'm told we need this. It's like, well, that's not going to get you anywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it 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 is that whole thing where you have kind of I I almost want to say like a reverse pyramid, where yeah. you have the you have the actual technology and you have the processes and everything, but while a lot of people put that as like the foundation, I almost want to say you got to put that at the very top because that technology that process isn't going to work unless these two other components, which is as Jason said, people and culture. Yeah. If you don't have the buy-in and you don't have that company mentality to drive your space, to drive your brand, it doesn't matter, you know, if you spend thousands or millions of dollars every year on the technology, it's not going to work. And I'm stealing that from you, Jason. What yeah, I love a that. Fool, a fool with a tool. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Well, like I said, you really have to empower those people. They are they are the ones that that know the space and they know the where they're at and whether it's email or you know we talked about SMS and all that. Like they're the ones pulling the triggers every day, and so you need to empower them to make sure that they're just not satisfied. There's a lot of people out there, and it's like, why are you doing this? Because we've always done it that way. Yeah, that's not good enough anymore. It's like if it's if it's not helping the you and your the bottom line, then you got to change that process. Sometimes that means it's all. Yeah. And I don't think you need to, I I 100% will say you should never punish failure. Like failure is that, is that thing. But to an extent, I'm not saying everyone could run around doing whatever they want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, (laughs) um, but growing up is like a Mythbusters child, you know, failure is always an option type of thing. So it's one of those pieces, as long as you can walk away from failure and learn something from it and be able to change the next step you take that should be rewarded in the company culture. Yeah, that, absolutely. And and I know there's a lot of fear, like in that change management, people are scared that if they try something different or do something new and they fail, they're afraid the hammer is coming down on them, you know. Which I think, you know, keeps a lot of people from trying something new in the first place is that they're scared that the hammer is going to come down. And that kind of stuff. <laughs> the hammer comes down when you don't try. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. Fail, right. Um, you, you should be failing all the time. To me, success is failure. Um, as simple as that. Um, it's when you don't try. That's when you. Um, that's that's when the hammer comes. Yeah. yeah, and that that's part of that cultural shift. You need to promote that within your organization. It's got to come from the top down. Yeah. The VPs, the executives need to say, "Look, I'm okay eating crow. You know, if you went out on a on the edge and tried something a little bit different, because mm-hmm. you know, I may have lost a couple hundred dollars in AdWords, but the potential was to get." a whole lot more out of it. Yeah. So. And how do you know if you don't try? So we talked about 
for, you know, instilling change and grabbing this digital acceleration mindset by the horns to empower, you know, the bottom line. But say, you know, someone at an organization wants to adopt this digital acceleration mindset, how do you convince other organizational leaders? Is it kind of the same as empowering, you know, your workers to try and take that step? Or is it different when you're, you know, trying to convince the C-suite or any leaders in the company that this is a mindset that you want them to adopt as well? I think most leaders already have that kind of mindset, um, especially in the, in the business sense. But, uh, you know, the mindset shouldn't be we have to disrupt the industry to grow. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, there's a lot of wiggle room in there uh, in your strategy to, to grow. It should be that if we don't accelerate our business, we will be disrupted. Uh, and, and it's not so much a fear. It's, it's always being on your toes, like I talked about. Uh, knowing that within three months, something could change and and your business could be not out of business, but, um, you know, on the the wrong side of tracks, let's call it. So uh, that mindset of if we don't do something now to accelerate it, um, we will be uh, disrupted. Yeah, I got you. In your opinion, let's say, what are three priorities you suggest focusing on when it comes to digital acceleration? And how do you determine what those priorities are? The thing is, is it, you know, everybody has to be on the same same bus, right? And and so there needs to be some sort of single source of truth when it comes to data. Everybody has to look at the same scorecard, if not agreed upon that this is the scorecard that this individual or this department is going to be operating off of. Um, and with that said, the the data, you know, the, the perfect is is the enemy of good because the data is never going to be one thousand percent correct, and mm-hmm. and that's okay. Right. It's, it's relative. It, it should be going up or down um, based off what metric you're looking at. But, but that's where I think, you know, management and, and employees really need to to understand the single source of truth, understand which, what needle you're trying to move and determine the goals. You know, the goal before the goal is actually more important. Um, I talked about, you know, those leading indicators that lead to, to revenue, making sure that it's crystal clear and helping everybody understand what are the goals before the goal. Right. And build that team around those objective. Uh, and when we talk about outcomes over over outputs, what you need to do is 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 make sure that you're maximizing the outcomes and minimizing the outputs. Um, and if you can do that, that is that is business. And that um, usually leads to greater profits. The only thing that I would add is and, and we mentioned it probably a dozen times already, but having that team, having everyone on the same page, having everyone. Uh, have the same motives. You know, this is where you really want to start being more selective with, you know, who you're bringing in because yeah, the people that just are going to be skating are the people that only believe in the old ways that they've been taught. I'd take somebody green that has the drive over somebody that's been, you know, in Google analytics or using AdWords for 10 or 15 years now. Mm -hmm. Um, Because those are the people that might potentially be, just comfortable sitting and doing the same thing that they've done every day. Yeah. This is this is not an assembly line. This is the exact <laughs> opposite of an assembly line. In terms of priority too, right? We're, we're, when, you're, when you're trying to maximize outcomes and, and minimize uh, the outputs, you have to understand where your customers are um, and how they are engaging your site and, and your channels. I've seen it happen countless of times where everybody wants to focus on new stuff. Right. Or a small little page that is, you know, getting 
8% of your, your traffic. Why not go affect something that's going to touch 80% of your traffic, right? And again, that's, that goes back to that fear of like, okay, I don't, maybe I don't want to optimize the shopping cart uh, just because there's, there's a lot of things that could go wrong. Well, you better be optimizing the shopping <laughs> cart because that's how you impact you know, your overall business opposed to saying, hey, we're going to you know, update this landing page that gets you know, 2% of the traffic. It's like, sure, that's a great, great place to start, but you're trying to change the, the customer experience here. You're not really just trying to change you know, one page. Uh, and sometimes, that, like I said, it comes with a lot of planning and preparation, but that's the sort of changes that really catapult, catapult you into success. Yeah. You, d- you don't want a bug skewing your results. Yeah. So, yeah, having everything seamless when you go into A-B testing, because yes, it, it may come back that this the second option was the worst, but honestly, the second option was worse because you click proceed to checkout and nothing happened. And it's like, well, of course that's not going to go through on our A-B test looking well. So yeah, having that pre-production work, having everything ready to go, just as important as having the technology to do the A-B test itself. Yeah. So why is it important to adopt digital acceleration and how does it contribute to setting your business up for future success? I know we talked a lot about having this mindset and having the willingness to try so that, for lack of a better term, you're not left behind. But, you know, in your opinion, what, why is this important? Yeah, I've been, uh, I've been in the game for, for quite some time. And, and, you know, based on my experience, I've never felt like I won at the end of a, of a fiscal year. I mean, sure, there's, there's bonuses and targets that are usually tied to that, but the, the winning comes from accomplishing, you know, the quick wins throughout the, the year, and pivoting when need be, right? If you do that throughout the course of the year, you're going to have a really good, you know, end of, end of the year. Um, you know, they, they tend to add up uh, and, and sometimes surpass your, your annual target. So that's the mentality of the digital acceleration, and how you're setting up for future successes, because you're probably failing uh, 20 times along the way and you're learning uh, and you're not waiting to the end of the year for a, you know, an annual new strat plan where it's like, okay, now, now because it's a new year, we got to focus on this. It's like it, it, e-com and, and, and digital uh, doesn't work like that. It's, it's, Hey, what are you learning throughout the course of the quarter course of a, a, you know, a day, <laughs> sometimes, you know, in performance marketing it's to an hour, you know, and empowering your team to know that the business is changing um, and, and they are going to be part of that. And so one of the things that I like to do is, you know, my QBRs, every manager has their own QBR to where, yeah, they're, they're talking about the KPIs and the things that they accomplished, but I also like to get them to understand what's happening in the industry, right? And so if they're catching it on a quarterly level, then it really gets them to think about how can they incorporate that into their overall, into their department. Uh, and it's not, let's wait to the, to the end of the year to where there's, you know, like I said, there's another annual, you know, strat plan that, that tells them what to do next. It's like they're catching something every three months and they're thinking about how to present it. They're thinking about how to, communicate it to the other team members. And they're also thinking about how can they incorporate it into their daily uh, strategy. Yeah, absolutely. I think just summarizing what you said, the ability to be adaptable and to pivot when needed is is a great quality to have, you know, as a person, as a professional and as a business as a whole. And And as a leader too, I mean, one of the big points is we will always push for objective reasoning over subjective. Yeah. 
And if you have your leadership team be telling the people doing that day to day work, the people in the trenches saying it's always been this way or people have always needed this or wanted this, that's fine if you show me that people want it and people need it. But if yeah. you're just telling me that, I, I don't believe you. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it may be a starting point, but it it shouldn't be the end all be all. With that team mentality, if if an analyst comes up to me and says, I know that we've said this, but what I've found is the exact opposite of what you said. And if you have the data there, that leadership position, that that person in that that team lead should be able to say, you know what, you're right, I'm wrong. And without Absolutely. having that bit of humility, it, again, it's going to be just as destructive, I feel. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, Jason, it's clear, you know, you've had a great career so far, a lot of success, a lot of, you know, trials, tribulations, figuring things out. Tell us about a pivotal moment in your career and what made it so significant that it still sticks with you today? Yeah, it was actually really clear. Uh, in 2015, maybe, I was asked to start the the analytics division of the company. Limited at barbecue resources. guys at barbecue guys yep. awesome limited resources um and so you know you you really kind of understand the processes and you're doing it yourself just like you know a lot of new divisions and departments uh are, are pivots within the company and so i had to to really kind of teach you know sql myself uh really had to learn a lot uh, and just you know cut your teeth on it i was exploring numerous data tables and, and really kind of see what was available to me uh, to get that insight. And what that allowed me to do is, is see how see how the sausage is made, right? And it's like, once you see it, it's hard to unsee it. <laughs> um, and, and, and that that time uh, to really kind of just understand how to merge different data sets to truly get insights, it completely changed how I, I view the business, completely changed how I, I empower my team. Just because I know how how things are are, are kind of made, and that's yeah, 2015. Like now, BI tools are the norm. Yeah, yeah. So like, <laughs> they weren't the, yeah. and it really wasn't that long ago. I mean, no. that's, <laughs> oh, no, that's, right? that's the whole thing. Like it, it's again, it you, it clicks when suddenly you're like, I've been doing this every day, and now like there's a tool for that. Yeah, like we've been using you know workflows and charts, and now like there's a service like Lucid Chart out there, and you're like. Where has this been my entire yeah. career? <laughs> Why did it take this long for someone to make this? <laughs> yeah, but there's a there's a really cool skill set that uh, has has come right that you uh, inherited or, or built because you had to do it the hard way or the long way, let's call it. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, I do see a lot of people today with with so many SaaS solutions. Like, if there's not an app that can easily be deployed and already integrated, they almost can't think outside of that. Yeah. Where, you know, um, where I come from, you had to think outside it because there wasn't a lot of SaaS tools, yeah. right, of solutions out there. So you had to really kind of think through it and, and, and learn and, and, and fail. A lot of failure of what not to do in order to know what to do. So I'm going to take it in the opposite direction of my previous question. But in terms of your professional career, you know, or of the industry as a whole, what has kept you up at night? Oh, um, I think introducing new ideas is, is never a problem, but it excites me and it really challenges me to introduce new ways to, to really kind of influence and, and get the team hyped up about, you know, this idea. You want to make an impact. And what I'm looking for is that, ah, I get it, right? <laughs> or, ah, we can do that. 
it's like that's the type of stuff that that I look for uh, look forward to. And so you know it it does it's challenging of how can you keep that motivating and uplifting and, and constantly kind of changing the ways that you you promote creativity within the workforce. As a leader, you want to get it right because if you get it right, you're going to have a team um, that's going to run through the wall for you. So I have one last question for you today, and that is, what is one main message you want our listeners of this episode to take away? Actually, I actually have a, a really good quote for that. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. Success is not a cure, but it's an addictive skill set. Okay. Right. All right. What that means is just the speed at which you fail uh, will determine your success. Right. And so understanding um, that your first attempt and your guess is going to be wrong. It's how you counter to that and what you learn in the process that ultimately leads for you to be successful. Right. And if you know that you're going to fail, then hopefully what you're doing is preparing to fail and you're already preparing your counter. And to me, that's where that's an addictive skill set is instead of waiting for that big Harry or audacious goal to happen, you're, you're looking at it from, you know, 20 quick wins to be like, okay, if this doesn't happen, I'm going to deploy this. If this doesn't happen, I'm going to deploy this. Or if I learn this, then I can do this. To me, that is uh, addictive and, and a skill set that uh, ultimately leads to success. Yeah, absolutely. I think listening to you explain that, that really resonates with what I do on a daily basis because another writer on my team, we write a lot about things that you know, we're not extremely knowledgeable on, you know, with all of the services that AmericanEagle.com does, it's hard to be a subject matter expert on everything that these people have spent, you know, 15 plus years perfecting. So we always say like, we have to have the ability and the confidence to try. And that's like what our first draft is. You know, we just, we try our hardest, we put this together, we send it to the subject matter expert. And then obviously, you know, it goes through a tons of edits and another explanation, but you know, that really resonated with things that I do on a daily basis. So. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing is like, as a chief digital officer, how can I be the expert at TikTok before TikTok was even invented? You, you can't. Do. Yeah. There's so like, there's going to be something new yeah. and there's going to be massive things that I don't even know, or, you know, another colleague is going to know. Um, and so the, the, the mindset is that we're going to learn together. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Jason. I learned a lot. Brendan, thank you so much for co-hosting with me today. This was great. And, you know, looking forward to listening to this episode. Thank you very much, Jason. Appreciate having me. Thank you for listening to Modern Marketing Messages. For more information about the topic discussed today, check out the description of this episode. If you like this episode, follow the podcast wherever you listen to them to stay up to date with us. While you're at it, give us a rating and share this podcast with others. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Modern Marketing Messages. This episode is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios. I'm Taylor Clark, and I'll be back with another Modern Marketing Message.